And we are back. And we just finished watching Voyage of the Rock Aliens from 1984, rated PG, with a runtime of one hour and 37 minutes. We saw this on Tubi because we were too cheap to actually pay for the rental. Um, so. And the always lovely Zach is here with us today to talk about this crazy, crazy, crazy flashback to the 80s. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. This is actually on YouTube as well. Oh, is it? Oh, we should have watched yeah, it on YouTube without commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. I love YouTube. I bought this on Amazon. Well worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you support the arts, Zach. Yeah. I, I should have gotten the actual, like, but <laughs> who's got time for that? As I was watching this, I, we'll, we'll jump into the review in a second, but as I was watching this, I was like, it's funny that you mentioned DVD. I was like, they should put this like on a compilation with like Earth Girls Are Easy. And I can't think of like a third one. But like when I was watching this, like I kept thinking about Earth Girls Are Easy. I did not pay to see that movie. I got free tickets through the New York press. And I remember like leaving the theater after and being like, what was that? <laughs> and I had a similar reaction here. <laughs> but I kept laughing through most of it and having a good time. Like, I feel, I don't feel bad watching this. All right. I know you feel differently, but yeah. we definitely, Mystery it's, Science it's, Theater it's 3000, the shit out of this movie. It's definitely not a film for fans of things like plot or story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, question for you. What? This or Crawl? You'd watch oh, Crawl again. Crawl, 10 out of 10. Crawl. <sighs> All day, Crawl. All right, so let's get into it. I'll start with Zach. What did you, wh why did you want to watch this film? Uh, I had heard about it on a, uh, a movie podcast, and it just sounded so ridiculous that I had to go and watch it. And then I just told you about it just because I figured you, I know you're also someone who enjoys bad movies. I didn't think that we would switch to this to do it, but... Oh, I love it. Talk about. Oh my yeah. God, there's so much to unpack here. It's crazy. I was like, this is a movie before you were born. So I'm like, I'm loving it though. I mean, I was like totally nostalgic. I think at one point I turned to you and I was like, I used to dress like that. What the, what the hell were we all thinking? I know. And you, <laughs> you, you, you didn't even have access to all the cocaine that those people had. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, is it a terrible movie? I, you know what? A case can be made, but I think just for the nostalgia. And the other thing I want to say is she's not a bad singer. I mean, wasn't that her actual? Well, I think she wanted to. I think she wanted to be an actress, but I think she kind of towed the line. And she looked, uh, she looked. I mean, it was especially in that Jermaine Jackson music video that they had strapped on at the beginning of the movie. She looked like a child. It well, was that, was a, that was her stick. That was part of her stick. I mean, did, you never saw that Butterfly movie, which was completely no. inappropriate. I don't even know how we saw it. But, like, she's basically trying to seduce her dad. <laughs> and she looks and she looks like this. She's got that full, like, chubby cheeks. Yeah, it's like, got, like, this, like, ma like, Madonna whore thing going on. It's so weird because it's like you look at her and it's like, but you're a child, but you have the body of a woman. And what is I... going on here? I saw one review that for this movie um, on IMDb uh, that referred to uh, her as Sex Kitten Pia Ziadora. And I was just like, gross. <laughs> but she was, I mean, that was definitely her thing. I mean, I, I feel like she, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I can't remember, obviously, but 
like I'm pretty sure she was like in Playboy or Hustler. She was def- she definitely did the nudie mag. She was big in Europe, I think, because of her music. Um, I think she tried to get a career going here in the 80s, and she was in a couple of things, but then she sort of just petered out and went away. I'm not really sure. I should try to Google her and figure out what she's done in later years. But this is maybe her magnum opus. I don't know. I mean, I just... <laughs> I'm like thinking about Butterfly. The pinnacle of her career. This is the pinnacle of her career. This is amazing, this movie. I mean, I I don't think it tries to take itself seriously. (laughs) No, 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 not at all. all. One of my notes that I wrote down when I was watching this was, how does this movie have three writers? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Well, I did i looked into it a little bit and according to imdb trivia the first writer it like the original draft was not a musical oh. it was basically his idea was it's supposed to be like you're watching you're flipping through the tv channels like in the early 80s on a saturday night and one channel's got the like 50s beach party movie on another one showing like the alien invasion e-movie and then another one is doing gay i forget what the third thing was but yeah. so like when you look at it through that like it's like oh i i can see like where where those connective tissues are coming from yeah 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 that makes sense i guess the third one would be like a slasher film yeah with the with the lunatics who just that's appeared. what it was yeah that's what it was yeah. the hills have eyes guy you brought up when we were watching Krull how that movie is like different things all scrunched up together. So the same could be said for this. So I guess that was a thing in the 80s. Genre mashups. Genre mashups. Well, it's funny because when we were watching it, like you even said, you were like, what time frame is this? Is this supposed to be the 80s or is this the 50s? Like, I can't, yeah, I don't know what the hell's I, I going on. Ask, some people were dressed in 80s stuff and other people were like, they were like, like greasers, greasers from the 50s. Riding yeah. in hot oh. rods and stuff. Well, this actually is something that the movie does that I thought thematically works very well because in the in the early 80s there was that whole 50s nostalgia Joe. revival Brian Seltzer you know Stray Cats, Stray yeah. Cats. Yeah, yeah and then there also was New Wave was coming up at the time so like very much like one of the themes of this movie at least musically is 50s revival versus New Wave right 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 and that, and that, that... actually is embodied by the love triangle Sure. And then, like, that other band that was, I guess, the Aliens, Mm -hmm. they were, like... They were, like, Devo. They were, like, yeah, Bargain Basement Devo. (laughs) Both both bands were real bands, and they hired actors to play the lead of bands. So, I think the Rockabilly band was Jimmy and the Mustang. Right, right. And then the other one, band called Rayma, which is why, like, the computer says, like, Rayma Scan or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they were... uh, And actually... They got back together, two of them, in 2017 and actually, like, released an EP, Rayma. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. How fun. I should have deep-dived, because at one point, I was like, one of the Jimmy and the Mustangs, I was like, is, ja- is that Charlie Sexton? And you were looking at me like, who? Yeah. I'm, oh, my don't, God. Don't ask me who. I have the biggest crush on him. From the 80s, so. But, um... Oh my God. So, okay, so let's get into it. So this is the story of Dee Dee the lovely Pia Zadora and Frankie Craig hot young Craig Schaefer from 80s with those crazy crazy cheekbones and his <laughs> inability to wear a t-shirt apparently um, sleeves a t-shirt too I mean he's wearing what is he wearing like a leather thing and oh that's it's right just, he was a leather jacket and abs and abs that's all he is yeah <clears throat> absolutely allergic to sleeves <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And then the aliens come, led by Absid, who's played by Tom Nolan. And well, they're and they're, apparently they're searching the universe for rock and roll, a plot that is pretty much abandoned <laughs> <laughs> soon after. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's God. I don't know if that's so much the plot as it is just like the the setup to get the lack of plot in motion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's very generous of you, yeah. Zach. Let's honestly let's let's really review this film because I, I think okay as a snapshot of the times right this is like a really interesting film because you have you kind of have seasoned actors in this you have somebody like Ruth Gordon you have Michael Berryman who's been in stuff and they're doing this crazy campy thing that obviously was written by a bag of cocaine and <laughs> <That's a> blizzard. <laughs> But I, I I never got the impression that anybody was phoning it in. Everyone seemed earnest. I mean, if you had to tell me, okay, here's a good example. If somebody had to tell me, would I need to watch this or Xanadu? Because that's base. It's it's kind of like the same thing. I mean, yes and no. But I I feel like this one's more fun I, and I, I, silly. I, I, like I, Xanadu, it's I like I don't remember Xanadu. I made I, you watch it. And you I, were just like I don't I think I think I kept I think I kept agony. leaving. Was like was like Gene Kelly like God in that or something? No, oh. he was what's his name's friend from the Warriors. I thought they were like in heaven or something. No. <laughs> I really did not watch that movie. No. I think I think you have blocked out that memory. Yeah. <laughs> suppressed it. I know. Some, I know. A psychologist you know is gonna dig that out of me. In I like remember watching that and loving the shit out of it, but then when you bought you bought me the DVD for like Mother's Day or yeah, my birthday or something, I was, and I watched I it, and I was like, "Wow, this is terrible!" <laughs> and I forced you to watch it. And I felt bad after. There was roller skating in it, wasn't there? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. What's go. his name? Opened up a, a roller rink because that was like a big business back in the late seventies, early eighties, I think. Okay, well, back to back uh, to Voyage of the Rock Aliens. But I I feel like this movie. It's nineteen eighty four. I mean, obviously. If you're asking me, am I gonna watch Terminator or this? Terminator's gonna win. But there's something just carefree and fun and just joyous about this film. I mean, I, I don't think you go into Voyage of the Rock Aliens with any kind of expectations, with any kind of looking for plot or nuance. I, I think it's just one of those things where you just sit in front of it and you turn your brain off and it's like, okay, all right, this happened for an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, silly songs and just... I thought that the music in it was decent. Like, I, I'm trying to think of all the other stuff that I watched in the 80s. Like, Wasn't one like, of the songs just like... A, I felt a like complete... it was a ripoff of Hammer to Fall. Yeah. Yeah. It had the same beat. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about that dance sequence. For, <laughs> Let's for... do it. I just... I, why did it start with the underwear around the ankles? <laughs> That's a good question. Who's, whose idea was that? I I don't know. I mean, I mean, okay, we can let's 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 think about that. I mean, is it supposed to be like naughty, sexy? I mean, I is it supposed to be like oh, we're in the girls' bathroom and we're peeping time? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Maybe Nothing something more will sexy stick. than excretion. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Listen, there's a kink for everybody. Uh, yeah, so true. don't you make fun. That's true. Don't you make fun. No judgment here. 
And like, I don't know if they were implying that the last one didn't, there was. It was she had legs. no underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, some people used to go commando. I, I mean, I guess people still go commando. Sure people, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that and then like the bathroom stalls open and it's shirtless Craig Schaefer. Oh, and yeah. Everyone. Every of course. One. Yeah. Of course. I mean, this. I, I'm assuming a lot of the ch- the choices made here were obviously to draw in more audience. So you have the men and you have the women, and it's it. There's not really cursing in it. There's not really too like. There's not really sexual innuendo or anything. So I I, I think you could even get like a, a teenage crowd to go see something like this. There was, I there was exposed boobs in that one. scene. In that one scene, but, yeah. but that was like the eighties. That always that happened. To be an eighties movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it was it was like it was quick. I mean, the girl in the front was wearing her, like, 90, but the one in the back was, like, topless. But, yeah, I knew it was quick, so it wasn't, like, an egregious amount of boobage. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was actually pretty tame compared to, like, 80s teen romps. Oh, my God. Like, Porky's or... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what's but another one? Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. Well, so, on this topic, and... and- sort of going back to what we were saying with the bathroom dance sequences like what i felt like in this movie worked for me was like there were some comedic moments that landed pretty well and like at the end of that dance sequence her friend goes a simple yes or no would have sufficed (laughs) but like what was funny to me on watching it again is like you just participated in that whole dance sequence (laughs) like it'd be one thing if she was just standing there watching the whole dance sequence and then she said that but it's like (laughs) like you you joined in i don't i don't know (laughs) well that's like the the I feel like the silliness here really, like you said, a lot of, like, some of the jokes really landed. Some of it felt dated, obviously. But for the most part, it's just, I don't think, uh, I mean, this isn't supposed to be like the Citizen Kane of movies. This is just turn your brain off, come to the theater, and just watch this nonsense Yeah, kind of thing. So I, I think for that, I enjoyed it a lot. I think for the nostalgia I really, really enjoyed it. I, I agree with you. I don't understand the opening video <laughs> with Pia and Jermaine, but and then at the end they sing that song, and obviously Craig Schaefer is lip syncing it, which just is like crazy, right? Because it's like, but well, we've already seen her perform this song with the actual other person, but whatever. Well, one of the things I didn't get, like in the beginning, the the initial plot, we're searching for rock and roll. They like scan those those three planets, yeah. and there's like the the planet with the puppets and then the maylocks or whatever yeah. <laughs> and the third one is the jermaine jermaine jackson planet and then they they say no to all three of them even yeah. though the third one had like the big music video Number, yeah. like why yeah. why did Although, they reject the last planet but i i guess because that planet wasn't rock and roll because that's not really a rock but, and roll song but neither were they they were they were like they were like, they were like new, new pop yeah, yeah a new wave yeah i don't yeah so I'm that like, music video was actually added on after some bad test screenings and because <laughs> it was like I think the song was already like kind of a minor hit. Ah. But I, I had a question. I, I don't know if this was just my copy. I thought maybe I had some lag the first time I watched it, but every time I have gone back and looked at it again, what was up with the frame rate in that music video? It was it was more sped up, right? I don't know. It was like to me it just felt like it wasn't like the proper you know the 24 frames per second okay, yeah. i don't know if maybe it was recorded on like a camcorder and like when it got transferred yeah it happened. definitely felt like it was a different 
it definitely felt like it was a different speed or a different type of stock, maybe. I don't know. But it definitely looked different than the rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even I mean, it must have been filmed either way later or way over because even her face looked different. Kind of. She yeah. was, she had, oh, yeah. she had it, way it, more like, of like a, a chubby cheeks she, in that she, one. Well, she was pregnant by that point. Oh, ah, there you go. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing. Like, in the early 80s, I remember her being sort of like that sex pot, like, child woman thing, which is kind of a, a strange... Uh, there was a lot of strange people who had a lot of money, and they were the ones making films like these. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, she's already married to, like, that... Like, she went through a lot of rich husbands. I think she, like, married two or three times. And I think when she was, when she did this particular film, or when she was doing these films, because I think also, like, Butterfly came out did either, like, a, t a year or two before this, maybe? Did you say someone bought her a Golden Globe or something? Yeah, her husband, yeah. Like, they changed, like, if I remember the scandal right, like, they changed the category. Because I think originally it was, like, Best Newcomer. And that particular year, it was, like, best newcomer female, best newcomer male. And, like, she won. It wasn't for this. I think it was for Butterfly. And I and I think it was, like, this. she became, like, this big joke because it was, like, oh, well, obviously she didn't win, win it on merit. She won it because of who her husband is and, like, the influence that he had. So I forgot what that guy was. I think he was, like, some hotel guy i don't remember but i remember he was like daddy warbucks rich and i think he definitely funded like a lot of her projects because i guess he wanted to push her out there i don't think she's married to that guy anymore but i think the appeal of of pia uh, is that she seems to sit in the middle of like the venn diagram like she's obviously an adult but she looks like pretty young you know yeah. fairly childlike innocent i would have a hard time like guessing like ethnically like what the the makeup is she, she looks vaguely everything yeah yeah but that i think that worked in her favor i mean i i yeah. i remember her being like a big thing for a while in the 80s you probably weren't paying attention but the only thing i remember about pia zadora is when i was a little boy I went to the Halloween parade in the village. And she was with there? my parents. No. Oh. There was some guy where he was dressed up as a newspaper. And the headline of the newspaper was Pia Zadora farts, thousands flee. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about Pia And I remember that headline because, like, we all laughed at it. Yeah. And that's all I know about Pia Zadora. This is the first thing I've ever seen with Pia Zadora. Really? Oh my god! I, yeah, I knew nothing of her until coming across this movie. Oh wow! Well, she was a minor, or big celebrity. I mean, I'm trying to think like who we could compare her to nowadays. She would be like an influencer. Probably. Yeah. yeah I totally. Could, I could totally, see that. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and one thing I wanted to say about Craig uh, Schaefer that played Frankie. The whole time I was watching this, I was like, who does he look like? And then it hit me. He looks very close to Evan Peters. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Evan Peters is a little smaller frame. Right. But like, they sort of have yeah. the same face. Yeah. Also, David Boreanaz. They got that chromagnum brow. <laughs> yeah, I can see David Boreanaz too. And then I looked it up to see uh, if uh, Craig Schaefer had kept working. And it turns out, like, his most recent credit is in the last season of American Horror Story that just aired as as Nixon. 
Oh, how funny. <laughs> I don't see him as Nixon, but we'll have to check that out. He's older I just now. thought that was... What happened to that show? I, I, not to get off on a tangent, but what happened to that show? That show always would start off decent, but I it always felt like they were writing it as they were producing it, and they and the ends by, always by like didn't the fourth stick. episode they were like we got to start killing stuff, so just kill everybody and yeah, it always started strong, and then I don't know what happened. Yeah, I I, there's a few there's a few later seasons that I I think are not every episode's a banger, but overall pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we might have to we might have to do a TV rewatch. We definitely got to do Lost with Zach. But maybe we'll do uh, early. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that I was like, oh, he looks like Evan Peters. And then he's, I don't think Evan Peters was actually in the most recent season, but he was in a he lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was decent in this. I mean, he just has to be brooding kind of asshole, right? Which is I don't, kind of I don't what know. Craig Schaefer was in the 80s. I, I thought his comedic moments landed the best for me. Like when he, when he says... Why would I be jealous of someone who's about to be recently deceased? <laughs> like his delivery of that line was just good. Yeah. And then And he probably didn't mean it that way either. And and I don't know, but like I think I think he knew what he was doing because then later at the, the dance scene when he sees the uh, aliens walk in and he goes, Oh yeah, they can't get in here and then he slaps all five of the guys and points all <laughs> yeah. at once. Like, like a three That was yeah. that was pretty good physical comedy. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when he leaned into the comedic of it, like the performance was good. It just so he had to do a super serious song with a panther. <laughs> Very out of the, shape. Panther, very out of shape panther. That was our big notes when we were watching it. We we're like, I don't think that thing could that like thing looked like it was on his last legs. legs. Yeah, that's so sad. Sagging belly. Or possibly super sedated, which you yeah. know Hollywood at the time. True, is. true. This way nobody gets their face clawed off. <laughs> I, and I mean, I hit. I I feel like the film hits the sweet spot because it's like it's not too short and it's not too long. It's super silly. It's super silly. The costuming I really really liked. I thought the songs are really good, and I think it sh it like helped showcase her abilities. I don't. I mean, she's not like she's not Aretha Franklin, but she had a good poppy kind of voice, and it definitely came through. And what you were can, your uh, what were your favorite songs or favorite song? I think I like. Well, I I actually had a forty five LP of that Jermaine Jackson song and her. So I, I'm kind of embarrassed by it because I'm like listening to it now and I was like, oh my God, what were we thinking? This is like nothing but cheese. It's terrible. I like the song in the bathroom that I said that that reminded me of that Queen song. Cause it has the same beat. Hammer to fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um what else? Not Justine, but the song that Jimmy and the Mustangs played at the Cotillion, I liked. Oh, Let's Dance Tonight? Yeah. Because both bands played it. Yeah, but I liked their version better. Well, I have good news for you. There is a cover of that song by somebody you probably won't guess. Oh my gosh. Another, another 80s, you know, I would say celebrity uh, that dabbled in music and acting. Another 80s David Hasselhoff? Yes. <gasps> There's a David Hasselhoff cover of Let's Dance Tonight, which also on the version I have, the full title is Voyage of the Rock Aliens Let's Dance Tonight. Like, that's what comes up on the title card. Oh, my God. You have to buy that for me. Yeah, we'll see. I actually listen to it and I think it is it's not a bad version of that song. I like, mean, there's a reason why he was big in Germany. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, King of Germany. And you loved Baywatch. 
Don't play yourself. I saw that one episode with the, with the little people. That was it. It's you should you needed to see the one where he's performing surgery. And Baywatch Nights. I watched. And Baywatch I think I watched Nights an episode a good of Baywatch Nights where he fights monsters. <laughs> God, what well, were we all thinking? So, but like that's what I kind of want to like back to the movie. Like I love that this movie like it swings and it swings hard. Yeah. Like it's a swing and a miss. But like I I feel like this is the these are the movies that we need to be rebooting. We don't need to be rebooting Ghostbusters because Point Break, yeah. right? Oh, I'm so mad about like, that. Like we need to be remaking these movies where there's elements in here that like there's a good movie in here. Like yeah. it just it just got kind of sloppy. Like and you could I like and I could tell on the on the rewatch that um that song that uh Dee Dee and Absid have on the uh the spaceship uh-huh. like it's his it's supposed to be his dream sequence in the movie but then i was like oh no they just took that from the end of the movie and put it there because she's in the exact same outfit she's in when she goes to the space station later yeah so it's like if it was his fantasy like that would be a different there'd be a costume difference, difference. so we could differentiate and it was just like no they just they just edited the end of the movie like sort of into the middle <laughs> <laughs> it all works i mean I, like i said i, I mean this was works. yeah i don't know i i you know what i was completely overjoyed at the end of this movie i know that you weren't a big fan of the this watch experience and i totally get it but i think for what it is i think it does what it does and it does it well i think you're not supposed to you're not supposed to have any expectations here. I think you're just supposed to go with the flow. I think it, this movie was probably more for as a vehicle to kind of showcase her as, and and I feel like she didn't do a bad job. I mean, she's just as good as any kind of '80s actress at the time. She she did the comedy. She did the more serious moments. She's definitely the the lead. She's pretty. She's 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 a decent singer. So I think that this this project was probably more of a vehicle to get her name out to maybe get her to do more stuff because now it's 84 we're moving things are moving i think by 84 what i mean what are the big genres like horror and action right in the 80s i mean you have your prestige films right but for the most part your bread and butter i think in the 80s in this time frame is probably action and horror yeah because this is where this is what the beginning of Arnold Schwarzenegger's just Dominion. Schwarzenegger's Stallone. Stallone, yeah. I mean, all those guys, but still, I mean, I feel like Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger was the king. He was like the king. I mean, it was like an event. Yeah. So yeah. So and again, horror movies are cheap enough to make, so you can just make them ad nauseum, right? I mean, how many Nightmare on Elm Street movies were there by the end of the night? By the 90s like six yeah so and then again you have schwarzenegger and all those guys dominating with like the action stuff and then that guy moves into like comedy like he did twins and whatever but anyway but yeah i think this movie was basically a vehicle to kind of get her out to showcase her in a way that wasn't just like sex pot because she's 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 not losing her top in this thing and she, for the most part, I think she does a decent job. Yeah, it's silly. It's a silly. It, it, to me, it felt like like uh, what Zach was saying. You could definitely see that its roots as uh, a series of vignettes, as opposed to like one cohesive something that was like cohesive. I think yeah. you know, like you said, that that probably came in later with the 
with the other the, the team of writers getting together and like fusing yeah. fusing this the thing other, together. The other two writers uh, that added the musical elements, and I, I think it was supposed to be loosely connected um, in in the original draft, but like I think we, I think there was more of probably like the sheriff stuff because like I had to go back and watch the end of this movie again because I like I had even though I had watched it twice this week, I was like, what happened to the sheriff? Like after they bow down those two dudes on the steamroller. I was like, did they just do that for that gag? I guess. And yeah, because you even turned to me and like, what was the point of that? Why do they have those two guys there just to yeah, murder them? just two guys carrying And a then box, at the end, she's just die. having a frolicking day at the beach. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's wind sailing. <laughs> yes. My, I, I was my like, how did I, how did I forget that that was how the, the end of her, for her character? I mean, again, no judgment, but how the hell did they get somebody like Ruth Gordon <laughs> on this thing? She probably was just. She probably needed I an need, addition. I need, I need to work. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. Don't they have to work a certain number of things in order to keep their insurance? If you're in the Screen Actors Guild or maybe, something like that. Maybe. Maybe like, that oh, makes this, sense. This is my. This is. This is going to pay for my insurance. Oh. Uh, that's well. I mean, if you're putting it that way, and she's probably getting on in years. I mean, she. Plus, I mean, it's not like she had to do any heavy lifting in this movie. No. It was no. like she answered a phone. Uh, she. Oh my God! She the way around. she delivers that phone call—is <laughs> this the widow of? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she, she. I mean, she was. She did her part. She did it. She yeah. did a good job. She. Yeah. I, I think that if this movie had been even just slightly less music and slightly more comedy, it would have worked much better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it like going into. I would say late 80s into like 90s that's where comedy kind of comes back right and you see like a lot of movies whether they're specifically towards a more adult audience or a more teenage audience because these are the people that are filling the seats right teenagers with disposable income you got to target them so what do you do you do comedies you do horror movies because that's what kids like to watch when did this come out in relation to Greece? The second one, because the first one came out in the '90s. You know, I was thinking about Greece too when I was watching this. Greece came out in the '90s. I mean, the first one came out in the '70s. The second okay. one came out in the '80s, but I can't remember when. But I will tell you because this this felt like they were. This also felt like. See, I feel like this to, movie, and, and like especially in the end with Craig Schaefer's turn, where he goes from rebel bad boy to I'm going to be nice. The, 1982. A, so the Greece two came out before that. So it. it that's another movie that you know what that should be on the three pack DVD set. Girls, girls are easy. Or Grease two and oh, Grease two, yeah. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Because there's <laughs> there's singing right in Earth Girls Are Easy, or am I remembering that wrong? I don't know. I never saw it. Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, one of the Wayans. Mm-hmm. It's been years since oh I've God. seen it. I've yeah. I think I, I saw I, it in the theater, I and don't that was it. Think there was singing. I don't recall that being booked as a musical. Because what's her name is in it. Annie, is Annie Golden in it? Or what's her name? Oh, God. The one who did that movie with Malkovich. Oh, God. And she was like in a punk band. What was her name? I have no idea. God damn it. That was also another crazy movie. Making Mr. Right? Was that what it was called? No idea. But I was just thinking of it, like, as you were saying earlier, that, like, this movie essentially has the bulk of its cast 
are musicians. Yeah. And it is a project that, like, normally when you're making, like, a, like a, like a project that is based around a musician, like, you choose one. But this chose three musical artists. <laughs> it did the same thing it did in, the, in like, in, in its thematic. It's just, like, it just chose everything. Like, yeah, sure. It's like, we let's just throw everything and see what sticks. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, as hodgepodge as this film was, I felt like it worked. And I felt like it was part of, like, there's, I was, I'm trying to think of, like, other movie, like, music, music movies from the 80s. Like, I loved Absolute Beginners. Like, that's obviously a better film than this. Um, but you have stuff like that. Grease 2, definitely. I think that, that may have, like, was there songs in Greece too? Yeah, yeah, they were singing in that. Even Michelle Pfeiffer sings in that. Oh, I, I mean, it would have been weird for Greece too to not be a musical, right? Especially since the first one was. Yeah, they I, did. They I, didn't I, really I, stray I, far. I blanked out Greece. I, I, oh my god, I, was I loved to see that in the theater and as a child. I loved was, both of them. Just, I mean, obviously, Gre the first Greece is is a superior movie, but the second one, if it's on, I'm watching it. I'm watching what it. What a great. What a great choice that would be to make a movie to a, a sequel to a movie that was a musical and then just not make the sequel a musical. And just like you could always like every time you would like start a song, you would just stop and go to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> just to mess with people. Right. And yeah. then you'd have all the people, all the nostalgia people like, what the fuck? This is what I wanted. Just deliberately trolling your audience. Yeah, sure. Why not? I was so in love with Maxwell Caulfield. Oh my god! Oh my god! He was another one. I felt like he should have had a bigger career too. I don't know what happened to him. He he wasn't the guy who like shot himself in the head with a blank pistol. No, no, um, that was uh, something Eric Huxum, right? He was in that Voyager show with uh, Suleiman Fry's brother. Oh. On a on a related note for this movie, uh, one of the things that was also in the trivia section was um, when the the guy the Hills House Five guys used the chainsaw to cut out the the, the fence. Uh -huh. Before they shot that scene, he was like, uh, "Like this is this is wrong." Like, because normally when you do it on like on a film set, you reverse it so it doesn't, you know, so you, you won't actually chainsaw somebody, and they just had a chainsaw, and because he was you know the hills have eye guys he like he knew like how it was supposed to be set Done. up yeah so he was just like he like had to say something before they shot the scene so like <laughs> no one got chainsawed oh my god yeah because that, that could you imagine dying for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> how how like how terrible would it be for like at the end of this movie and it was like in memory <laughs> oh, god. oh my god i'm glad he was there because you know somebody else would have just been like okay and then just that guy would have just been sawed in half. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Any other notes? What? Okay. Since you probably had the least positive experience here, what would have made this movie better for you? Maybe like what Zach said: less music, more comedy. Uh that that could have helped. I don't know. I don't think anything really could have helped this movie. It's like. I don't think they were really trying to go for story or no, or no. good characters or or anything like that. It was it was really just an excuse. The 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 quote unquote plot was just there to get between musical numbers, mm -hmm. and 
yeah, they they, they could have done a little of both. Like they could have worked a bit more to to make it a bit more cohesive and make the characters a bit more. I guess likable. Like I, I didn't like Piazzadora's character really? at all. I liked her. She was this fickle glory hound who, who was just like, wait a minute, you, uh, you, I want to talk about like press tours and and singing yeah. in bands and stuff. Yeah. And I guess I love you. Or yeah, whatever she said. Yeah. <laughs> and why did he even care? He after he he gets oh yeah I, I guess I love you and he's like whoo, and then he tells her how oh yeah we're gonna rip all your emotions out oh, through yeah. a surgery yeah and then all of a sudden she backs and then she's out. just like you know what I changed my mind I'm gonna go back to my my boyfriend who my was boyfriend. who was you know apparently not really a nice guy who was just like some violent psychopath who <laughs> changed his his colors as soon as like oh she she, she left me for man. alien dude yeah now no no more violence. He tells his his gang. His gang. I've seen the errors of my ways. I've way. seen the errors now of listen, my ways. I'm when gonna... you're getting it good, what are you what are you gonna do? You you fall in line. I don't know. I also wanted to talk about the amount of sign, uh, like sign based gags in this movie. Did you guys notice that? Oh, local teenage hangout. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was all over the place. My favorite one, I think, was in the. Um, and also in the restaurant and it was written on the wall in Sharpie and it was like, please don't write on the walls management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's a lot. There's, um, you know, when, when there's the establishing shot of the, the town of, uh, Spielberg or Spielberg, uh, -huh. uh it has like population uncontrollable. <laughs> and then when they go, when that, the aforementioned chainsaw fence scene, when they do a shot of the like grounds of the mental institution, one's like paranoia, paramedics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I seriously think this was all tongue in cheek. It was supposed to be a comedy for sure. Um, but again, with the music to highlight her, I guess, skill set. I think well, this I, is also this is also right about the time that like MTV has just like exploded. Exploded, right? Yeah. Right? Right? So you're. So I can un I can understand the producers going, well, the kids like music video. Let's give them a whole music a whole movie of them. Right. 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 And then plus you had precedents, right? You had movies that came out before, like Xanadu, like Grease Two, um, and and these all they were successful. Was Xanadu successful? I think so. I mean they're still talking about it like now i mean there's a documentary about the making of so obviously it it falls i mean it, it didn't make like star wars money but i mean well, none of these movies made star wars money but but like this is a movie that i think works better now than it would have worked at the time at the time yes i agree i agree i think just for the camp factor and stuff and just yeah i think it's so over the top that people now would be like oh my god like yeah I, you know, like, as you said earlier, like, this came out before I was born, and I'm at this point going, how have I lived my entire life, and no one has ever told me about this movie? Because I think, much like Ray's experience with the other movie, they just blocked it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a, this is not cinema. This is no. just fun popcorn Saturday or weekend afternoon delight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I don't think people that that go see Merchant Ivory movies are gonna be clamoring <laughs> to see this. But I freak, I loved it. I thought it worked. I mean, even now, I was like, I haven't seen this 
since the theater, believe it or not. Like I saw this in the in the Lowe's in Bay I Ridge. I don't I don't even remember that. Was this thing like advertised? Like it was. Yeah, it was. I'm telling you, she was a big deal in the early '80s. She was a big deal. All right, I, I go. I'll go with what you so. Say. So wait, you had seen this before? Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it like since then because I was like, that was such a crazy movie. But I remember seeing it. I, I had to have been, okay, so 84. I'm like about 12 years old, seventh grade. Is that the same year, uh, the, what's his name? Bruce Leroy movie, The Last Dragon came Last out? Last Dragon? I don't know. Because that's totally in my wheelhouse. So this that movie, I remember. It, right? That also had singing. It, I mean, yeah, because, yes, because uh, what's her name's in it? Uh, Vanity. Vanity, yeah. Right. And but, they had the DeBarge song, which was like a monster hit, which I had that 45 too. But that's a good song. Like, I don't, I don't like, mind. Seventh grade it. is also that age where you're going to the movies to see whatever's out because you're old enough to go to do things. By yourself, but yeah. But not old enough to go actually do anything. So yeah. you just go to every movie that you can get into. Even yeah. If it's like, I saw. Uh, what was the one where it was like serving Sarah in oh, the theaters uh -huh. where he's like trying to serve divorce papers or whatever Yeah, yeah. Uh, just some terrible movies that we knew were going to be terrible but you're in 7th grade yeah so, so everything's fun theater. yeah but yeah. I, I could see a lot of scenarios wherein this movie would be great to put on you could put it on at the background of like a party or a bar and then yeah. every time you look up something else insane is going, going on, on yeah yeah don't really necessarily need the but you could have the music if it's not uh there's you could also have a bad movie night I, and honestly i liked this better the second time through because i knew i had gone through it and and i had that extra lens of being like oh if i watch it like the way the writer was framing it as like as if you're just channel scanning yeah and all of these everything you're channel scanning through is is merging together like yeah. I, I i enjoyed it more on my second watch i would skip that um uh the the uh jermaine jackson music though yeah uh, yeah. second time around yeah yeah no i loved it i mean this is like total nostalgia this is completely in my wheelhouse i definitely saw this in the theater like i remember like all those stupid movies like i told you like i saw valley girl in the theater i think i you made said, you, you watch said, you said you saw crawl in the theater i saw so. crawl in the theater um valley girl is fun though yeah. Valley Girl is, is is kind of like this movie uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that. This was like definitely in my wheelhouse. Like light, fun, cool fashions, and pretty girls with cool hairdos, so that you could do them too. Like everything was about mimicking what you're watching, as, especially as like getting into, I guess, being a teenager. You're kind of stuck in those. I always use that example. You're stuck in those in like that weird gray area because you're not a child, you're not a woman, but you kind of want to be immersed in this and you go to the theater i mean i would go to the movies for storytelling that was like that was something my family and i always did but i think as you got older and you were given i guess more freedoms i would go to on my own and see stuff that i wanted to see so i was totally watching movies like this like i said grease 2 yeah 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 um valley girl uh, absolute beginners i loved I mean, even Earth Girls are easy, which was terrible. But I was like, I got, I remember like I got free tickets. I went. I thought it was awful, but I'm like, I went with my friend and we had a freaking great time. It was like the time that we saw what was that movie that we completely talked through, the one with Freddie Prince and uh, Scooby. Oh, uh, Wing Commander. Wing Commander. Saffron Burrows was in that, right? I never saw Wing Commander. You, oh, you saw thought, that with somebody else. I thought we saw that. No. 
Is I, that before I started dating you? That was before that, you started okay. dating me, yeah. You've told me tales of going to see Wing Commander. I've never actually seen Wing Commander. It's a terrible movie. It's yeah, a terrible movie. But it's 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 fun if you're there with your like your peeps and just like Mystery Science 3000. I mean, it's uh, it's another in a long line of just really bad video game attempts uh, yeah. adaptations. Yeah. yeah. But we saw one that was good recently. Oh, Uncharted. Uncharted was okay. It had potential. There was, I thought there it was, was good there was, for, there compared was, to they, other they need, video game movies. They needed to work on the chemistry between the two main characters. All right, fair enough. I mean, well, I thought it, it was fine. It did feel like weird casting because in the games, Nathan is supposed to be like late 20s, early 30s, and Sully, Mark Wahlberg's character, is supposed to be like late 50s. Oh, I so did not know aged, that. They aged both characters down, and I haven't seen the movie, but I, I would like to see it. Um, it's I not bad. Assume- it's not I bad. I assume it'll be a mediocre adaptation, but a, like a decent movie. I feel like in the long list of video game adaptations, that's pretty decent. It was okay. Like I said, they they you could see potential of, but you need to you need to get that buddy chemistry. Chemistry yes, I going. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I just felt like there was a bit off with that. Well, it was what weird did- because okay, so the movie was mostly Tom Holland though. Yeah. And, like, Mark Wahlberg just was, like, sort of like a set piece that would come in and out. Like, he would say lines. And, like, you mentioned even when we did the review for that movie, it was, like, Tom was doing all the heavy lifting, yeah. right? And, <laughs> I mean, there's one Marky scene. Marky Mark comes in to punch somebody and then. And then, like, oh, gone. I'm going to fly this plane yeah, and, and off screen. Fly the helicopter. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like he was a big integral part of the story. It was definitely Tom Holland's film. Oh, he was an integral part of the story. You know, we're not reviewing Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. 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 We're going off on. A we are famous for going off on tangents, though. Yeah, yeah. Um. So okay. So scale of one to ten, what are you gonna say? Oh uh, God, I'd give this like a three. Really? Yeah. I honestly, I okay. Here's here's the thing. I have no problem with fun little thing, fun movies where you you see like the the goal is okay. We're we're trying to accomplish something here like little music videos separated by stuff and you could say oh well you know that that it's it's just a comedy it's just a comedy but you could still you could still work a story in there that 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 glues it all together that's a little bit better and and you know i understand where it's from the time that it's from I'm sure the huge amount of drugs were involved in the writing and creative process and the fact that they were targeting an audience that is not very discerning. They're not young kids who went to go see this film don't give a crap about the plot and the story. Right. They just want to see songs and and young people and you know boobs. Boobs and Craig Schaefer's cheekbones and and stuff like that. But looking at it now i would like a little story and i don't think just because something is a comedy you you don't have to try no i think that i think that's the problem with a lot of like old older like genre type movies is that when they were making them they were like we don't we don't really got to give a crap about that sort of thing but the ones that did are the ones that held up and the ones that lasted and 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 it doesn't have to be this intricate maze of plot you don't have to write the prestige or anything like that's so good it could just A to B storytelling with a couple of character arcs, throwing all the funny bits in the middle, and you got something good there. Mm. This felt like a, a kind of a hodgepodge to me. I, I could not stand Piazzadora's character, the the fickleness of her character. The only relationship, romantic relationship, that felt earned in this movie 
was the psycho killer and the girl. That was I it. actually agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Only only earned relationship. I could see them go in the distance. <laughs> they had chemistry. They did. They did. <gasps> Michael Berryman, he's a creepy looking dude, but he could also look very sweet. Hey, and he made those eyes at her because his eyes pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you could you could tell. He was like, oh, I'm feeling this. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, Michael Berryman was like the John Gielgud of this, this movie. Of this. <laughs> what about Ruth Gordon? Yeah, she was She good was too. a freaking Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't bringing the Rosemary's Babies performance here. She was, she was just the, she was the, camping the, the it funny up. old bag. Yeah, yeah, she was, she was good. I understand what you're saying. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. I think that <laughs> <laughs> I am looking at this through the lens of nostalgia. I enjoyed this watch more than other movies we've seen. I'm blanking out right now. I don't want to say Krull because I really enjoyed that as well. I feel like this is a great snapshot of the time with people of the time. Again, she was a huge deal back in the early 80s. Huge, huge deal. So, I, I again, I think this was probably a vehicle for her to kind of showcase her talent and get more exposure, a little bit more something. I think in later years, she wound up just having a singing career. I could be wrong. But um, I don't she, know if she's, she's done around, much... Right? Yeah, she's still alive, but I don't think she ever did movies or TV as much as she did in the early part of her career. I think since then, she focused more on the singing. So there's that. But I think, again, this isn't a movie that you go into hoping to get liberated or some kind of consciousness. I think it's just turn off your brain and just sit here and enjoy. I didn't find anything objectionable about it. This is a PG... PG movie so again there's brief brief boobage but I think it's PG-13 is it? it as, yeah. did, did I say I thought it was PG no I think once the boob comes out it goes to, it goes to PG-13 but did they have PG-13 when we were I don't know if they did back then but when the films first started when we were watching no nope. according flashed, to IMDB this PG is PG oh really because they, they, the they flash PG-13 on the screen when we were according watching. to IMDB this is PG all right. I mean, it, it works either way. I mean, again, for sensitive folks out there, it's just brief boobage. There's not any kind of cursing. <laughs> this is a silly, silly movie. If you are want to go back and revisit this, if you are a child of the 70s, raised in the 80s, this is definitely a, a fun treat. It's mindless. It's silly. But I think it works. I'm going to give this a six and a half. Don't you roll your eyes at me. Zach, please, Horribly go ahead. Generous. I am kind of split between the two of you. Like, I think if I view this as, like, quality, like, cinema, it, it ranks, like, a 3 out of 10, probably. <laughs> but if it's on my, like, as far as, like, enjoyable bad movies scale, it's, like, a 9 out of 10. It's, like, yeah. I think Fateful Findings might be the only 10 out of 10 on my scale for that. Yeah. But, like, I, I would honestly like to see a remake of this movie. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of bad films, those are the ones that they should be, like, taking a second crack at. Crack at, yeah. Like, remember a couple of years ago we saw, and that was another movie that I saw in the theater, completely not like this, The Woman in White, which the title is stupid because oh, it yeah. has nothing to do with that. But, like, that movie, I remember seeing that in the theater, and I loved the shit out of it. Like, I was like, this was so good. And it's funny because now I see it, and obviously, 
you know, we're spoiled with these Marvel movies and the special effects and the Disney money. So things don't age as well. But I think the core of that story was fantastic, too. So, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, too, Zach. Like, there is so much insanity in this movie we haven't even talked about. We didn't talk about the octopus. Yes. We didn't talk about, <laughs> yes. we didn't talk about the girl that was jogging with the candy bar holster. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so I, well, I see. I now let's talk, talk about, about that the fire hydrant that pees on a dog. <laughs> let's talk about that. Th the weird octopus kind of mutant thing that lives in the lake that uh, by the end gets cleaned up. Like I guess it was like a nod to like pollution and yeah, big corporation rain. and acid rain yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, they have sort of like a little thing where she's telling the absent guy about this and how like the what was the line the government's always suing Spielberg or something. I think that was a part of the film that tried to be satirical, I guess in a way, to try to make fun of something that's kind of important but in a way that's not heavy-handed or preachy. Well, back then, it, everything was about like nuclear waste, and well, that was like a big, a big yeah. source for uh, for comedy. I mean, Toxic yeah. Avenger, sure. yeah. well, I mean, Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, well, Free-eyed Fish. Well, the, the EPA was created what under Nixon, so it was like yeah. environmental concerns were very like of the time and in in fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for them to kind of address something that's somewhat serious. In a film that's completely bonkers, is yeah. I I, I got to well, give them credit a, for that. There's a scene where she's walking into the school and the octopus has literally wrapped itself like Correct. around the school, <laughs> and she just like casually ducks under and walks yeah. into the doorway. She's not even concerned. Yeah. The giant octopus is encasing the school. She's just like, oh, I got to go find Frankie. Yeah. Frankie, right. 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 <sighs> well, I think that's that, uh, that also kind of like addresses how I don't want to say oblivious we were in the '80s, but maybe like I think that. <sighs> I mean, there's you, always did, people that that write that fight for social just, justices, right? And they they always. <laughs> I really think you're you're digging deep for something that doesn't <laughs> exist in this Listen, movie. We are going to deep dive on this goddamn movie, whether you I like it or not. Don't think that anybody <laughs> in that writers' room was like, we have to we have to uh, talk about the environment here. This I is mean, super they, critical. They did because she like has that whole speech about how like well we did but then all the sediments were, were limited to 1750 and then they installed the missile but then the missile somebody in there like wanted to at least wink at it yeah yeah for sure well I don't know I, I don't think they were trying to make a statement I, I thought, you know I think they were just it making a joke about yeah it had its own scene two scenes it yeah. had two scenes because it has the scene in the beginning where he like where you see him throwing the the surfboard in and it melts. Oh, it like, melts, right, right. You right. know, like... Why would like you bring did... a surfboard to a lake? <laughs> I don't think they're very Again, smart in Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was going on with the jogging girl? You know what? She was Somebody to needs to patent that candy holster but I, because I think it would make a lot of money. Yeah. I. You know what? I am a, I am a marketer's wet dream. I, when, <laughs> when my husband and I were first married, I was like... A fool for, for infomercials like I used to have like a yellow legal pad on my side of the nightstand and just like watching crap at night like oh I think I need this I think I need this I would have been that totally would have been on my list oh yeah <laughs> we're lucky we don't have like 14 different blenders how dare you <laughs> this one's just for cheese <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm a patriot I'm keeping the, the economy fluid 
I'm doing my part. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am a patriot, damn it. Oh, did you catch the, the names of the two escaped mental patients? Oh, what were they? I watched it with the subtitles on, and the one guy is Chainsaw, and the other guy is Breather. <laughs> it all works. I, you know what? Like, I like is, this. That is, that is the level of effort that went into this movie. They're like, I don't know, Chainsaw. We're not going to say his name, so who cares? <laughs> he falls in love with a tertiary character, but yeah. he doesn't need We'll just call him Chainsaw. Yeah. I liked it. I liked this a lot. I mean, again, it's not... <sighs> It's not mass. It's not uh, fresh. I was just talking to somebody about fresh. I was like, go go watch it. So yeah, good. So good. good. But uh, I feel like it has its place in the universe. I think as like a nostalgia piece, it works. I think as a snapshot of the time, it works. I mean, even now, just like if I was going to put something on for my kids to watch, some silly, stupid, mindless thing. I mean, my kids kept coming in and out dur during the watch, and they were like, what is going on? I think Olive was entertained. Yeah. They're singing and dancing in it. She's, Of course she's entertained. I I was so worried that Pia Zora was going to get kicked in the face in that first um, <laughs> singing scene because of the swings. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, someone's going to mistime this. It'd be interesting to do a deep dive and find a diet if she did. I mean, I I doubt that there was like safety protocols in the this, in eighty four. This, this this movie does need its own like making of documentary, even if it's from now and we go and interview everybody. <gasps> like, I would love. I would to love see to all know. Of them sit down and just talk about their experiences on the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I... talk to the musicians because apparently, like the musicians, like. It didn't help their careers much. <laughs> I don't know how. The <laughs> I don't know how. This was this was cinema, if I could quote Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it didn't tank everybody's career at least. <laughs> yeah, Craig, Craig Schaefer kept, Craig working. kept working. Michael, Michael Berryman, Berryman kept always working. Have a job. It will always it have a job. It would be interesting to sit down though and just sort of see like what what this was like and what it did to their lives and careers it's like you know this what's is one movie they chose to make and like did it take it like the musicians you know what's funny it's funny that you said that the guy who plays the late the lead alien absent is a is an actor named tom nolan and i i happened to look on the imdb page and i was like i said to you i was like it's hilarious that he picked his imdb picture to be still from this movie when he worked on Pretty Woman and what was the other one? I mean, well, he, well maybe because this is like the film where he was one of the leads. I guess, I mean, but I don't, I don't remember. I mean, yeah, he should have just Pretty put Woman. like a headshot and yeah, not use this particular still. But I mean, I'd be amping up even if I was like third bartender in Pretty Woman. I'd be like, yo, I was in Pretty Woman. <laughs> Yeah. That shit made a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just got a really good sense of humor. True, true. That's true, too. Although, I always say, I, I wish Lynch didn't... Whoops. I wish Lynch didn't uh, disavow Dune 84 so much. I love that movie. Dune 84 is so... Good. It's so that, good. That's one of those so bad it's good movies. It is it's... so good. It is so good. I think that's a whole different type of so bad it's good here. I don't get the feeling that Voyage of the Rock Aliens had a lot of uh, studio interference. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably not, no. no. I, Which I, is I weird because isn't, like, isn't, like, I feel like that that's always been a thing, right? Because, like, even Star Wars, right? 
like the studio was heavy handed with Lucas. And that's 77. I mean, this movie feels very much like the way people parent it in the 80s, which was just, (laughs) I don't know, go play in the road or something. (laughs) That's, you know what? That feels 100% legit, my friend. Yeah, didn't we didn't we read something like originally Han Solo was supposed to be like a lizard and like the studio was like no, no. That, yeah that but that's that's good interference no though. no no like, I'm I, I but I'm I'm saying like I felt like studios always had a hand in it but I agree with Zach that like this movie definitely no one it feels said like anything it was about made, it feels like it was made by unattended children yeah <laughs> yeah. That's a perfect analogy. Seriously, that's accurate. That's well, I think because her husband at the time was like some mega millionaire and he financed this movie. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah I mean, if he's footing the bill, it's just whatever P.O. wants. Whatever P.O. wants. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Her hair was like amazing in this. I was just like, <sighs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't chintz on the makeup for the two leads there. No. Did you I, see, I, did you see Craig Schaefer's glossy lips? I was like, oh, like, like his. Yeah, I mean, his, <laughs> that and the and his cheekbones were like super defined. Defined, the, it was, yes. He looked like a like a manga character. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I expected mean, him to be like. <laughs> I, I I mean, aesthetically, like I thought, like the the costuming worked. Like I really liked the aliens costumes. I really liked when the pack at the end turned into Boy Scouts, yeah. and they all had little neckerchiefs that said the pack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I even liked. Uh, Pia's like Union Jack kind of red outfit uh-huh. in the beginning and her 50s kind of like strapless like that blue gingham thing that she wore to the cotillion before she gets changed into like her alien space, space suit. outfit yeah oh her friends her friends dress in in the cotillion it was like, cute too I, I literally went to a homecoming with a girl who was wearing almost that exact same dress in the mid 2000s oh wow like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, there's certain looks in this movie that, like, work. Yeah. They, they work throughout most period, like... Yeah, I mean, it's a classic style. Like, you see stuff like that in, like, rockabilly magazines and stuff. Like, girls still dress like that. So, yeah, yeah it works. I mean, I, I like that, like, we were talking about before, like, the amalgamation in the 80s of, like, bringing back retro 50s stuff. I mean, I didn't... What's his name? American Graffiti came out in the 80s, didn't it? And uh, that's... I think late 70s. Late 70s, okay. Maybe American, American Graffiti was... Wasn't that before Star Wars? Was it before Star Wars? I thought it came. Yeah, I think that came out before Star Wars. Hmm. That was, I think, that was like one of his first movies. Was it? I don't remember. For some reason, I thought it came out like at 1980. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, I, I mean, way, I could look at IMDb right now, I guess. But again, like just the whole, this hearkening back to nostalgia, right? And the 80s was like, I guess, a wholesome time. I mean, it very much like it very much is a product of its time. Like, you know, we were saying earlier, you had the the '50s revival versus the new wave. You had the environmental concerns, even if they were just winked at. Yeah. You yeah. know, the rise of music videos as an art form. Form. Yeah. So, th- I mean, there's a lot going on here, and I agree with you guys. It, it would be interesting to see stuff like this come back and like retooled in some kind of way. And just take a little bit more care with the like the connective tissue. I mean, I understand yeah. you want to showcase this. Yeah, but I feel like some or, movies or vignettes, but connected better. But I feel like some I, movies work well like this, just just mindless batshit nonsense. Well, like this this movie would have been really easy to fix to, to Ray's point, which is all you would really have to do is dial back the love plot and just keep going with their searching for rock music. 
And then if you make it about, if you don't make the aliens a band and you have two bands that are human, like then, then you can just be about like, which band is better? Like which band, which, which rock music does this aliens? Like, I, I presume they want to preserve it and send it out into the universe. Like yeah. th- that's all you would really need to do. Like you would just need to stick to the premise. Yeah. Yeah. Which this movie does not, this movie <laughs> does not stick to its initial premise. No, no, it is all over the place. It is. I mean, and, and it literally, you could have fixed it with like two scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, even though it's still, cons- I mean, a lot of people consider it a bad movie. I actually liked it. Like Grease Two, in comparison to Grease One, is not as good as that. But I think that that movie takes an idea and and sticks with it. The whole like mysterious guy that she's falling in love with, with yeah. interspersed music and like light comedy. So. I think that did it better. I think a movie like, um, I loved Absolute Beginners. I think it came out a little bit after this though. And that movie too, that's a movie made in the eighties about the fifties, about the whole teenage movement in London with interspersed with really great music. So yeah, I mean, and, and those, those stories are more cohesive, but I think that this one works even though it's all over the place, just because I feel like it, doesn't try to take itself seriously at all. No, not at all. Yeah. I think as far as, as, as the, the enjoyability as it, as far as like through the bad movie lens goes for me, I think the fact that it is so all over the place, like it actually is what makes it appeal to me. Right. But like within those, like within the scattered variety, like there's, there's little nuggets of gold. Right. Like they're like, they're like I said, there were some funny moments. Like I like that 21st century song, like yeah. legitimately. Yeah. Like you said, it is knockoff Devo, but yeah, I mean, you put it on like a compilation with Devo, I'll be like, oh, I like this track. Yeah, yeah, it all works. It all works. It all works. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I remember going to the theater just because it was a Saturday and I just wanted to get out of the house and watch a movie. And sometimes it wasn't even about the movie. It was about, like, the experience of being with your friends in a place, being fun, being young, being silly. Sometimes we'd go, like, I loved... The Valley Girl soundtrack, like that was my jam. I played that, that till my that ears has, bled. That has a legit good soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. Sparks is on it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, tons of really good stuff, and even like early like John Hughes films, also just really like I mean, good storytelling, but the soundtrack also amped up the experience, and it was like always fun to go see those movies because it was like a complete package. It was like this was geared to my demographic, and it didn't. It wasn't talking down to me. It wasn't making me feel stupid. It was like, hey, you're young. You're going to get there. Have some fun. Keep your nose clean. Do well. And it'll be okay kind of thing. So your eyes are glazing over. I can see that we need to wrap this up. (laughs) You have any more notes on Voyage of the Rock? No, I, I think I said my piece. You know what I would like to do as a side project, Ray and Zach? Maybe we should write this and reboot it. No, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. You know what? We we get Lenny for songwriting. Oh, there you go. Maybe revamp some of the. Who who who? What would would have to dig up some like singer that looks like a child but actually isn't a child? We don't have to go that route. <laughs> we, Bieber, we could... it's Bieber. <laughs> this is now a vehicle for Bieber. <laughs> we don't have to do that. We could... we flip it. We flip it and reverse it, and he's. Dating the head of an all-female uh, greaser gang band. <laughs> <laughs> we do the classic gender reverse. Well, we have you know, to that's... do. We have to do it so that he's the 
sensitive one, right? Maybe he's an activist. Maybe he's oh, at Bieber. the lake. It's Bieber. So all of these things already check. <laughs> sensitive activist Justin Bieber. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's so giving. Yes. Oh, I love it. We should. I'm. I'm being legit. I've always wanted to write. You know that. I'm always trying to get you to write with me. I don't know if I were. If I were to write. I don't think it would be Space Rock Aliens or whatever. Whatever this, I don't even remember uh, the name of this Voyage movie. of the Space Rock Aliens. Voyage of the Space Rock Aliens. You, you take it Alan Smithy credit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. I think I think at this point we all got to work on our side hustles. Yeah. <laughs> Get some extra cash. Like nothing would be movies. Seriously. D movies. Well, this house is a money pit. <laughs> God, don't remind me, please. Oh, Zach, did I get your number? Yes. You said. Oh, I said a three out of ten on a serious scale and a nine, nine out, out of 10, ten on a bad movie scale. I think that's. I think that tracks as far as yeah, I'm concerned. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because I mean, you can look at it two ways, right? And uh, I don't know. I just had a great time. I I loved it. I love I love movies like this where I feel like, yeah, I wasted two hours, but who gives a shit? Like, I'm like, alive, I'm healthy, I'm in a place with people I love. and well, To me, the question is, like, if I'm a studio head and I get the cut of this movie, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be like, what the fuck, <laughs> fuck did I spend this? my money on? And then, but, you know, if I'm sitting in a movie theater just going, oh, this is fucking stupid, eating popcorn, you know? <laughs> I love it, I love it. So you don't want to be... The guy financing this. Yes, I agree. Yeah, exactly. You just want to enjoy it. And that works. That works. Absolutely. But you know what? It would be interesting to see how this would get retooled. I love stuff like that. Like when I see movies that like have issues, it's like, because I always ask you, right? Like what would have made this better? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, uh, I mean, like I said, for me, it was just some sort of better connective plot. You know, like I said, you, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the greatest thing ever. Just, no. Just find something and stick to it. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the initial premise was just ridiculous. Just lost in a blizzard of cocaine that, that it never uh, got re- recovered. What if, what if not a movie, it's a limited series event? <gasps> and we stretch it out to like six hours. <laughs> oh, I like this. You know what? And I'm going to have to. I do like your Justin Bieber, but I'm going to have to say, you know what I'm going to say, Ryan Reynolds. We have to cast uh, Ryan Reynolds. He's, you're you're going to kill his career. He's, he's, he's just, <laughs> I don't he's, think he can kill his career at this come point. back and you're just going to murder his No, career. I don't think. And you know he's, what? But I, I like Ryan Reynolds, but he's, 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 too, old. he's too old now. Yeah. You got to get somebody. You got to get like a Timothy Chalamet. No, you got to get even younger. You got to start <laughs> scoping out the junior highs. <laughs> Get younger, kids, uh, you know what? Younger talent. Just just grab some random kid from the Disney factory and. and <laughs> you know what? That's how Zendaya did it, right? Yeah. Wait, wait, is it Zendaya or is it Zendaya? I always forget how to pronounce her name. I thought it was Zendaya, but I don't know. Yeah, one or the other. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Z. I'm a huge oh. fan. <laughs> you also have an open invite, you and Tom, to dinner. Lots of fatty foods. Yes, we'll fat you right up. <laughs> Only other thing about Voyage of the Rock Aliens that I wanted to touch upon is the basically the song that book is in it, um, When the Rains Begin to Fall. Oh. Um, like, the lyrics from that song felt to me as if they just had a bunch of different songwriting tropes written on, like, different scraps of, like, paper or index cards, and then they just sort of, like, shuffled them around. Because, like, everything in it feels like gener- generic 80s lyrics tropes, like, 
and they're so insane. Like when the rain, rain begins to fall, you'll ride my rainbow in the sky. I'll catch you if you fall. Like you don't need to worry at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Don't laugh. But when we went to that Bowie exhibit at the museum, remember he was like, he would get like word tiles and just like. Oh yeah, no. It, Brian Eno would do like that's... oblique strategies as well. That's amazing. You know? Oh yeah. my god, I love it! I love it! I love everything about this conversation. I think we should really consider redoing this film or something like this. Oh, I don't know if this film ever needs to be revisited. <laughs> I think you're wrong, and and I hope that somebody with more money goes and retools Crawl. Crawl I fucking enjoyed it. Crawl, I don't care what Crawl you say. Crawl, I could see getting a good remake because there was a lot of good ideas in there. It was just so horribly executed. Just so horribly executed. But there were a lot of good ideas in that movie. All right. But that's right. from the Crawl Review. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. If you haven't seen it, check out Voyage of the Rock Aliens. If you're within a certain age demographic, this might be a nice trip down memory lane. If you want just silly stuff to put on, I think this also works. If you have a night job or a stoner, I think this also works. <laughs> there you go. This is pure, pure quality entertainment. This is why the terrorists hate us. <laughs> so that's it from us. Again, thank you to the lovely and amazing Zach for joining us. I can't wait to do another review with you. I actually have a couple of ideas. I'll send them to you offline. And um, we will come back really soon with another review. So that's it from us. Thank you and good night. Good night.